He is coming to judge the world in righteousness. And he's really actually trying to save us from the wrath that's to come. And until we understand that, that it is a constant battle, then, then, then we'll lose these little battles. I mean, we win the war, but he wants us to win some of these battles too. But that comes with maturity. It comes with confessing. It comes from keeping it real and um, just putting in, the, putting in the time and the effort and praying and being humble and saying, I need you. I know a million scriptures, but God, I need you. Talking it and not living it doesn't produce Christ-like fruit. You know what I'm saying? It's anybody can do that. And that was my issue was I was doing all this stuff, but I had all this stuff on the back end in the closet. And even though I was confessing it, I was still struggling mm. with it. Because for me, it was such an addiction. That addiction had dependency. And it became, I, that's the crazy part is I was never actually happy where I was. I was yeah. always miserable when I, when I was doing the stuff I was doing. I just couldn't stop until, and my boy Ralph, he hit it. He said, you either know enough to change or you hurt enough to change. And the hurt finally got to me because I'm going to jump forward a little bit that my homegirl, Brenda, I forgot what event we were doing here. But I've changed something about myself coming to church on Sundays now. I've actually toned to, like you said, how you went in and those women were gossiping about other people. I've actually started to tone back my jokes and my silliness at church. Whether anybody has noticed it or not, I have actually started to pull that way back. Because I looked around here one Sunday and I'm like, I know actually almost all of these people. And most of them, I could I know things personally about them. Yeah. Not anything bad or negative, I just... Favorite food, movies, and if I'm discipling them, and I know other things about them, but I'm like, only about 20% of these people really know me. Mm. I've toned back my jokes and my silliness because the way I may interact with you in public may be off-putting to somebody else. And I'm just like, I don't want anybody to have that type of experience that yeah. you described because yeah. I actually don't know every little intricacy and every little detail about what they've been going through. And... When Brenda said that to me, she was like, yo, we can't, you and I joke like this. You and XYZ person joke like this. But when we do this in public now, she said she, and what's funny is I used to disciple her and Neff. I poured into them and now they pour into me. Okay. I'm going to use Neff as an example. Neff reads over my sermon notes just to be like, hey, if you take, you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I always have, I think before you preach, you should always have somebody look at your notes just in case. Just because sometimes I write how I talk. So. Literally, he can look at it and be like, yo, you need to flip this line yeah, right here. Because yeah, this, 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 this changes the this. whole meaning yeah, of this verse. Yeah. So when she said that to me, I was just like, yo. And then I came here. I was just like, I looked around. I'm looking around like we ain't got video. So nobody actually seen me looking around. This me being animated right now is necessary. Good. But when she said that, I was like, she's right. These people, there's so many new people in this church that they don't know me. Yeah. To the point that. They don't know the depth of the relationship that I'm talking to, and I don't know the depth of what their potential struggle might be. I have slowly started to tone back some of that on Sunday morning yeah. to even be more approachable to them to come and talk to me 
if it is if the Holy Spirit in me has some for the Spirit in them. But to that effect, it's also important that we have that authenticity because I'm grateful that I have a head pastor who I can get ugly with him. Like I have picked up the phone and called Pastor Bob and said, "I'm about to lose it." Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, I'm about to go at this person. I'm talking like fist spot, like I'm about to stab or like I'm about to do something crazy. And he was just like, you know, that's coming off your mouth, right? He said, what's been on your heart? He said, what you've been reading? What you've been doing? You know what I mean? Like somebody yeah. to really hit me. You yeah, they hit mean? you with the truth. It's right. just, love hey, you enough to hit you. Yeah, with the they truth love too. you enough, and that's what I'm saying. Back to my sister's letter, I can only imagine where I would be right now if my sister didn't say, "Hey, what happened to you? You were on fire. Now you're not. What happened? Because I missed that person. If she never would have said that, I would. Who knows where I'd be right now? And I just, like I said, it's imperative to surround yourself with like-minded people, with respect to. Look, the Christian walk, you should have someone that is a little more mature and then be mentoring to somebody who's a little less mature. Because the more you teach it and reiterate that those truths, the more it sits in your heart and then you have someone pouring into you and it becomes a chain reaction. They're pouring into you, you're pouring into someone else. And now we have a family, we have a unit, we have process, we have a, it's almost like a well-oiled machine that's just working, it's hopefully seamlessly where everybody's growing. Everybody's growing. Yeah. One thing, this is my this is my second recording today. And the dude I had on earlier today was just on fire for the Lord. Cody Jones, powerful evangelist. Like it was crazy. He lit a fire at me. But it also convicted me. Talking to you right now is convicting me. It's there's things that I'm gonna talk to Bob about tomorrow when he and I meet. Hey, I need you to keep holding me accountable here. And that's one of the things I love about this podcast is because, like, we get a chance to talk life and the word of God is so alive. I'm not – I did something today that I haven't done in years. There's – in my I – mean, you've been in my house for the 4th of July yeah. cookout. So in my basement, there's that – there's the gas fireplace right there, and there's that chair, like, yeah. directly in front of it. I sat in that chair today for the first time in probably a year, maybe even longer. Opened up my Bible on the Bible app. Because I'm reading through Matthew right now because I really feel like God is telling me just to read through the New Testament. Or maybe he's just telling me to read through the Gospels. I don't know. We're going to see what happens when I get through the Gospels. I don't know why God would tell me not to read the whole Bible. But obviously that's him telling me to do this. But I was reading through, I think it was Matthew 8. And I popped over my John Maxwell Leadership Bible for the first time in years. Just to see. Because I I read the ESV version on the phone. And then I'm reading the New King James Version John Maxwell Leadership Bible. Okay. Going through just the leadership principles that are being bestowed, how Jesus was talking to the centurion and how, and, and then he told people to follow him, let the dead bear the dead. I'm really paraphrasing this. Y'all don't, Bible scholars, don't kill me. I'm just not covering all of Matthew chapter eight yep. right now. We can't be here that long. And there's just going over like certain just key things of Pilatus. And I was just sitting there and it really, it really put a joy in me I haven't had in a while. Just sitting there, just sitting, like you said, yeah. when was the last time you just sat down and just studied? And it was just sat there, just had some worship music on and just was like, just sitting, spending time with God and just letting him just to rest in him. Yeah. That was just yeah. so sit, dope to, to me. To sit by his feet and be ministered by him. It's been a long time for me. And it's funny because if I look at my day and I'm just like, okay, where do you spend most of your time? And it's obviously I'm at work and you talk about sh- get up, shower. You're at work from 
or starting to plan for work from like seven and then ends at five, typically five thirty, then you're in traffic. So from seven to six at night, you're focused on work and that's 11 hours. That's almost half the day is focused on work and you know, what you do for a living. And then by the time you get home, it's dinner, maybe watch the news. Okay. It's eight o'clock. Okay. So if you go from eight to let's say you go to bed at 1030, that's two and a half hours. What do you do with that time? And so I've been really trying to look at my schedule and say, where's the time for the Lord, right? If you're not getting up early to read and you're not reading at work and you are you have this time window, where's the time for the Lord? So I'm really trying to get back to what you just said is just spending that quality time with the Lord. Because when I first got saved, Eric, I kid you not, I would spend hours when I was living with my parents, I would spend hours in my room reading the word and I think that was why I when I did start to go to church I was just on fire I was able to articulate and really had a clear message and a clear understanding of the scriptures the Holy Spirit was able to teach me quickly what all this meant like I never was confused about the verses I never was confused about what God meant when I read the verses I understood them clearly there was no question and so I had the Holy Spirit had given me that gift of being to understand the scriptures and how it related to me and my lifestyle. And one thing that I would focus on is finding myself in the scriptures, which is how I started to get that revelation of why I was the way I was. The Bible talks about the heart is deceitfully wicked. Because I would ask the Lord, like, why do I have these feelings if you are telling me these feelings are sinful and ungodly? At such a young age, I was feeling like this. It's not like I chose to feel like this. So he would take me through the Bible and say, let me show you, your heart is wicked. And it's deceitfully wicked. And I found a verse that said, but thank God I'm greater than your heart. Oh, come on. And when I read those two verses, it was like, I can't even trust myself because in the inside, I'm wicked. And I can't trust me, so it's who can I trust? And God has trust me. Lean not onto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge me. So I started to see my life story in the Bible that I'm wicked on the inside and I'm corrupted by sin. And I can't trust my own decisions. I can't trust my own feelings because feelings does not equal truth. I'm the truth. And what does God say? God says, repent. And seek the kingdom of God. God says, whoever tries to find their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. That was one of the key scriptures for me because we talk about this homosexual lifestyle. I was trying to find where I fit in that. And God was like, you don't. Give up your life. Take up your cross and follow me. And another verse that kind of like got me to that place where I needed to just be done with it was whoever suffers will meet with me will also reign with me. And I didn't want to suffer. So many people don't want to suffer, which is why they fall into that lifestyle. They make excuses like, this is how I feel. Love is love. And this is how God made me. And none of that is true. It's not love. It's lust. Okay. And God did not make you that way, but you have feelings like this. And we were born in sin and God can change you. First Corinthians six, nine and 10 are some of my favorite verses in that. It talks about how the ungodly, the homosexual, the thief, the gossip, the, this, the, that it lists all these characteristics will not sink the kingdom of God, which some of you were, but you were washed, but you were cleansed. 
And so those verses gave me the inspiration. It gave me the ability to see that I could be changed because it says you were like this, but you were changed. And so those verses gave me hope that even though I feel the way I feel, even though I've done the things I've done, there is hope because you can be washed and you can be cleansed and you can be changed. I had never heard those messages before. All I heard about homosexuality was you're wicked, you're evil, and you're dying and going to hell. Repent, repent. But I didn't know what that meant. It's okay, repent. How? If I'm still having these feelings, how can I repent? Isn't that kind of hip hypocrisy? And it's no, because then I find out Paul says, I do the things that I don't want to do, and the things that I want to do, I don't do. Romans 7. Right. So it's like there's this thing inside of us called sin that we're in constant conflict with our spirit. So knowing that I have a lot of respect for Paul. I love Paul. I can't wait to meet Paul. It's just like this great man of God struggled. And when he asked God to take this, whatever this thing was away from me, and God said, my grace is sufficient. What did that mean for me? That meant, look, you might have those feelings, but my grace is sufficient. Just because you feel this way does not mean you have to act on those feelings because you know the truth and the truth has set you free. So you're going to have some nights where you're crying. You're going to have some nights where you're yearning and you have these desires. But lean not on your own understanding. Trust me. Lean on me and I will, I will help you. My grace is enough. He never said it was going to be easy. He just said it was worth it. He just said it was worth it. And so it's like... Where else can I go but the Lord? He has the truth. He has life in his hands. So I'm not I'm not turning back because where would I turn to? There is no there is uh, this might sound crass, but there is no woman out there worth going to hell for. There's no drug. There's no there's nothing out there worth going to hell for. And I think in Hebrews, it talks about that. It says by faith, Moses decided to suffer with his people rather than enjoy the pleasures, sinful pleasures of the palace. And that's me, that for the joy set before me, for heaven, for the Lord, I'm willing to suffer now because I don't have a significant other, because I don't have a relationship that I long for, but I'm willing to suffer now so that I can reign later. And sometimes people aren't willing to suffer. It's no, I'm young, I'm, I want to do what I want to do, and it's pleasure only lasts for so long. And then you have to pay the penalty. So I'm going to suffer now and be living La Vida Loca in heaven. That's right. Rather than living La Vida Loca now and be burning in hell for eternity. I was talking about this on the episode I recorded earlier, that if you had to pay for sin instantly, yeah, we'd be sinning less. Because I look at sin the same way I look at credit cards. You have to pay for this eventually. Yeah. And it's coming back with interest. And it's going to cost you more than the original price tag. So you might have spent $10, but that ain't what you about to pay at all. And you said something so good about feelings. And I tell people, at best, your feelings might be the truth of what's going on inside of you. And that may not even always be true. Right. Because that may be mis you You may be even misreading your own feelings. Something that I just thought of when you said that was, so imagine, okay, let's say it's wintertime now. It's, let's say, 30 degrees outside. No, let's say it's the summertime. Okay, it's 90 degrees, but yet I have chills. So I feel very cold. I need a blanket. I need some hot tea, right? So obviously there's a problem, right? Because if it's 90 degrees outside and you feel extremely cold, then chances are you might be sick. 
So the truth and the reality is that it's hot, but your feelings are telling you that you're cold. So if your feelings don't line up with reality, then you're probably sick and you need a doctor. And that doctor is Christ. So if the reality is that this lifestyle is sin, but your feelings say that it feels good and it's right, then you need to be checking your feelings against the reality of the word and recognize that you are sick and you need a doctor to come heal you. And I just, when you said that, that's the first thing I thought of was we have to check our feelings against the word of God. We have to check our thoughts against the word of God. We have to check our actions. It's a mirror. And if we don't line up, we have to adjust. When you look in the mirror and you got a little speck on you, take it off. You got spinach in your teeth, you pluck it out. So when we look at the word of God and says, okay, it says this, but I'm doing this, I have to adjust. And if you don't adjust or allow the Holy Spirit to adjust you, then you, then you're walking around out of line. And I just don't want to do that. The Lord has done too much and brought me too far for me to turn back. And that's why I have to continue to pray. And it's a continual, it's a continual thing until he comes or I go see him or he comes and picks me up. It's going to be a struggle, but it's become less of a struggle. It's become less of a struggle because when those temptations come, I know what to do. I don't meditate on it. I immediately will speak a word. I will rebuke the devil. I will get up and run, go exercise, go take a walk, go read a scripture, go listen to a song. I will do something rather than sit and just meditate and allow that thought to take root. But again, that comes from maturity. That comes from a lot of ups and downs. That comes from a lot of stumbling. That comes from a lot of trial and error. But the more I mature in Christ, and I think also maturing in age, it helps. It helps. It helps. I was thinking about that sometime last night, maybe because I was working on the podcast for the day, but I was just thinking that some of the things that I don't do anymore, it's just come over over spending time with Christ. I'm not doing these things because of just, okay, I've seen the outcome of this. And to your point of just, that's one thing that really I'm working on right now is thinking about what I'm thinking about. Yeah. And really bringing back some of those fundamentals that I had when I started. It was like, there is this trap right here and you are, a, before you step in it, let's talk to somebody. Yeah. Let's talk to somebody. Because before those things stir up, let's just go ahead and get this out in, in the open. Yeah, I agree. And I also, I've said this on this podcast a lot, that my, our testimony is for someone else. And God is going to work all things together for the good of those who love him. But we can share that, those stories with someone yeah. else. So now when I walk into the door, it don't, actually it doesn't have to be at church. When I go almost anywhere, I can see myself. Yeah. It's like that person looks like that because of, man, it's like you can feel what they're going Mm -hmm. through because you know what that looks like. And especially in these days, this day and time that we're living in where sexual immorality is just running rampant. It's become a part of the culture. It's become accepted. I am grateful that when I was heavily involved in the lifestyle, it was still shameful. Right. It was still taboo. It was still hidden. And now in the last, I would say, 10 or 15 years, it has been celebrated. It is being advocated. Laws are being changed to promote and accept and even also rebuking those who speak against it. Right. So now the culture has shifted to this isn't something that's shameful. This isn't something that you should hide. You should celebrate who you are and shun anybody who doesn't accept you for this lifestyle. So, again, that's why we have to continue to pray, because 
there, there are people out here who are conflicted. And when you have people saying, no, accept this sin, accept this lifestyle, be who you, who God made you to be and love is love. And we're advocating for you. It's a lot harder to reject that and repent if you don't think it's sin. And so we're living in some turbulent times for the community out there. But I just want to tell the LGBTQ community that, that I love you and God loves you and there is hope out there and you can be changed. And our church lets anybody in. We we have, we don't care. We just want you to come through the door and we will love you. But we also tell the truth in love and that we respect where you are, but God does not want you to stay where you are. You can be changed. You can be washed. You can be cleansed. And God is, he's waiting to do that. He's waiting to do that. So I think one of the one of the hardest things and saddest things that I see is that we live in a society where we can't talk to each other anymore. Yeah. Like we can't talk about politics. We can't talk about faith. We can't talk about X, Y, Z. Just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean I hate you. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm afraid of you. It doesn't mean I have this phobia. We just have a difference of opinion that doesn't have to separate us as people. Yeah, so I have this quote on my Twitter page. When you said that, that's what it made me think of. It says, our culture has accepted two huge lies. The first is that if you disagree with someone's lifestyle, you must fear or hate them. The second is that to love someone means you agree with everything they believe or do. And both are nonsense. You don't have to compromise your convictions to be compassionate. I'm going to need you to send me that, please. And that was a quote from Rick Warren. Oh, sounds worried. No, yeah. no wonder I'm feeling it. And I love that because it's just like we can disagree and I can still love and respect you. And I, that doesn't mean I fear you. That doesn't mean I hate you and vice versa. It just means that's your opinion and here's what I'm telling you. And we can have an, a, a mature, respectful conversation and walk away friends it's wild to me that people will be like oh you're a christian so you must have voted for this person you must have did that and it's like how about you ask me you don't know but it's so funny because some people don't want to be in a box but they put christians in a box that christians must hate this and christians must think like that and christians must act like this and it's just like we're all individual people god is building his house of stones with different stones and different people. And yes, if you are a follower of Jesus, there are certain standards that you should be living by. But at the same token, we still can have conversation and we still can love each other and respect each other's differences. And like I said, walk away, maybe not even friends, but at least walk away cordial saying, I've heard you, you've heard me. But to your point, people have stopped hearing each other. And everyone deserves to be heard. If you're on TV, if you're walking down the street, if your viewpoint is being expressed, why can't ours in that same manner? And I do question, like, you might hear me, but I don't know if you're listening to me. You know what I mean? It's like you might, because listening to respond is not listening. Right. At all. And listening to a person of wisdom, but not applying what they tell you. Yeah. It's not application of wisdom. <laughs> I would tell you this one time, and I don't know how far we're in the woods here. Listen, but... I scrapped these questions right when you started telling your testimony. Oh. I'm like, I'm not interrupting you. Like, I <laughs> yeah, didn't. I was waiting I for just, you to chime in. Honestly, but... like, I just, 
I have decided doing this pot. I'm just gonna let the spirit flow. Yeah. I send questions up front if people want them. Some people look at them. Some people don't. But I'm not about to sit here and box in the Holy Spirit because I have something on black and white paper. No, let's just yeah. rock with it. I um, totally get it. And you can always edit stuff out anyways. I ain't editing nothing except that awkward <laughs> beep that just went through my ear like 30 seconds ago. I don't know what the heck that was. It's all good. Maybe the, is the mics are the mics dying? Oh uh, no, they. No, this is no. We got full of batteries. Okay. That charged up. So I will say this. I remember when a couple of the young ladies and I were out evangelizing, and we came across a church that promoted homosexuality. And again, we're, I think it was, I can't remember if it was all of us, which would be four of us, or if it was just three of us. And so we're going around. It was like all these, they had a tent set up and they were passing out literature and they had this big rainbow in front of their booth. And so we go up to the booth because I knew exactly what it meant because I was in a lifestyle. But they didn't know that. They just figured we were some three Christian girls who didn't know anything from Adam and whatever. So we go up to this booth and I was like, hey, how are you guys doing? And I'm just like, we're out here witnessing the people and telling them about the love of Jesus Christ and X, Y, Z. And again, this was probably like 10, 12 years ago. So I don't remember exactly how the conversation started. The young lady. So there was a young lady who had on like rainbow earrings and then there was... I believe a pastor, an older gentleman, and his wife. And I think she, and just based off the dynamic and the way they were conversing, I think she was their daughter. So I come up to her and she had this big rainbow tattoo. And so I was just like, where are you guys from? What church is this? And I forget what name she said of the church. And I was just like, and so what is this rainbow? And she was like, yeah, I bet you you don't know what this is. And I'm like, explain it to me. And she was just like, we accept everyone here and anybody can come through to our church. And we believe love is love. And we believe that we accept people in the gay lifestyle and that it's not, there's nothing wrong with it and all of this. And I was just like, where does that say that in the Bible? And I was like, because I've read verses where it talks about in Romans that these people were depraved and they had turned their lust to unnatural lust and that God had given them over to their lust and that what they did was shameful and that men were doing shameful things with other men and women were doing the same thing. I'm like, so where were you reading in the Bible that that was okay? And the pastor behind her, his face turned completely red. And he was telling us to get up out of there, get up out of there. He was like, get away from our table. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, I'm not saying I'm saying this, but I'm saying, and because when we did evangelism, we would have our Bibles. So I'm just saying, I'm just reading what Romans chapter 1, 18 through 32 says. So let me read it to you. And I was like, I don't, and so I'm talking to the young lady. I said, young lady, I don't know if you've ever read these verses, but let me read these verses to you so that you understand what the Bible says. Because I don't know what this church is teaching, but I just want to read to you what the Bible says about it. And I literally went to Romans. I don't even know if we have time to read it to pull it up for the listeners to hear. But when I read those verses, you could, her whole countenance changed. She had never heard those verses. She had never heard that homosexuality was a sin. She had never heard that because she was going to a church that was promoting it. She was going to a church that justified it. And she had never heard the truth that God said no. 
God said no. And her whole, it was, I remember just feeling the spirit of the Lord had touched that young girl's heart. Now, I don't know what happened after we left, but that was definitely either a seed planted or a seed that was watered upon because her whole face changed. And she was just like, where, like, where did you come from? Who are you? I'm like, here's the church that we go to and we would love to have you. I'm like, because we love anyone to come into our church, but we also teach the truth. And if you've never read that verse, please go home and read it. I'm like, there's other verses too. So I started writing down the first Corinthians, the Mark 835. I started writing all those verses about suffering with Christ and reigning with him and taking up your cross and carrying it and bearing it and that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away because these are the verses that I use. These are the verses that convinced me that what I was doing was wrong. Even I knew it was wrong, but I needed to see it. I needed to have the spirit of the Lord come upon me and convict me from the inside. You know what I mean? Just to have a Holy Ghost encounter. And she didn't have that. So I'm giving her these verses and I and we prayed for her and walked away. And that guy was, he got up from behind the table and was literally almost pushing us. He was like, get away from the table, get away from me. And so he started pushing. He started like, we were in front of the table. He started pushing the table like, cause he didn't want to hit us cause he was a pastor, but he was using the table to push us away. And I'm just like, why are you so angry to hear the truth? I'm like, if you're saying you're a church and I'm just reading from the Bible, why are you so angry? And I think, like I said, I think, I don't know if it was his daughter, but I think people accept that lifestyle because they don't want to, they don't want to reject their children. They don't want to reject their nieces and nephews. So if I don't accept my daughter's lifestyle, then I won't be a part of her life. And I'd rather be a part of her life and accept this lie than to lose her. Again, people don't want to suffer. They don't want to suffer. They don't want to feel that void or that loneliness or that break in the relationship. But I'm like, you are doing your child a disservice when you lie to them about the truth just so you can have a relationship. That's actually selfish. I think so many people, no matter what sin they're caught up in, yeah. they're like, who are you to try to fix me? And it's, I'm not trying to fix you. I'm either planting this seed or watering the seed because yeah. it's the person who's created you. It's their job to fix you. It's God's job to deal with that part. My my job is to be obedient to what God is telling me to do. Yep. And as long as I'm delivering the truth in love, then I've done my part. I wish you could have seen that girl's eyes. She literally, it was almost like something awakened inside of her. And I believe it was the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Lord was there and it was that word that she needed. I would love to know what happened to her. Because just reading the scriptures, it was like something was coming alive inside of her because she had never heard that because her parents or these pastors were coddling her, were saying it's okay. And it's not okay. It's not okay. We love, but we also give truth. And anytime either one of those things is out of balance, then God is not there. If we're pounding truth but it's you're it's done without compassion then we're a clanging symbol and if all we do is just love on people and then coddle their sin then we're coddling them all the way to hell so there has to be this sweet balance and combination of the truth of the scriptures and what god has said and that what god calls sin is sin and it has to be that balance of love and compassion towards that person because that's just Kirk Cameron always says, or in their way of the master, I think they say, can you really get mad at a blind man for stepping on your feet? No, because they can't see. 
they're blind. And so when you have these confrontations with sinners and they're yelling at you and they're fighting you and they're arguing with you, can you really get mad at them? They're blind. They cannot see. I got a, there's a real misconception too. Like I, I have a, I guess maybe I do have an issue with this. Like how do you as a Christian expect someone who doesn't believe what you believe to act the way that you act? Yeah. When we're still sinners too. We, yeah. I have a savior because I know I'm messed up. And maybe I don't even know the depth of how messed up I am. I just know where I used to be and where I was. And I praise God that he stepped in when he did so I didn't take my own life. Yeah. But I cannot have the expectation that because I follow Jesus that people who don't follow Jesus are going to live the way that I live and walk the way I walk and talk the way that I talk and not do the things that I do. That is unrealistic. Yeah. Because what did my life look like before I started following Christ? And sometimes people have been saved so long they forget. And we can't forget because... That is when you that there is who oh, that's a whole other podcast because yeah. that's where pride and arrogance can kick in and you start looking down at people. Yeah. See, I'm grateful to God bless me to be able to get in the trenches with people. I'm grateful because he put that in me because I think I know what it feels like to not have enough help. I, think yeah. I know what it feels like to just feel like you out there alone on an island or be surrounded by a ton of people and be alone. Yes, I've experienced that as well. Just So that's why when people hit my heart, I just send that text. Yo, what's going on? Yeah. It don't even matter. Yo, you see the game last night? The Cowboys played like trash. What's up? You got to get that Cowboys reference in there every time. I can't stand them, G. Hey, it's all right. It's all right. It's not okay it's because right. they're causing people to stumble. <laughs> they're causing people to stumble with unrealistic expectations, false hopes, lies, and deceit. That wow. is also in the Bible. I'm just telling you what's going on. You went down the list like because boom. they. <sighs> Anyways, let's, let's move on. Yes, let's, let's move on. We're going to keep this on track. <laughs> we were doing so well until yes, I started talking. You see good. why I say nothing in the beginning? No, it's all good. But I think that it's wild. That's just like telling somebody, I go to the gym every day and I train and then getting upset at people who don't. It's like because they don't know how. Yeah. How about this? How about you take them to the gym with you instead of talking about them? Yeah. How about you show them how you live? through love and truth yeah. because so many times we get ready to minister and people are like, because had they seen these, what were they called? The televangelists. So they've seen the coats getting waved in the air, people getting fallen out. They've, or they've experienced people just talking at them and not really loving them and not really living with them. And that goes back at a whole discipleship thing that we, that we spoke for. We, I get it. It's about where we at and where we're going, but you can't forget how you got here because yeah. somebody else might be there right now. They might be there right now and that's why it takes a village it takes a community because you have those mature christians you have the meaning in age-wise and also spiritually right so you have those folks who have been saved for a long time they're living the dream they're they're praying they're fasting they lay in hands people getting healed signs and wonders all that stuff and then you have those people there's a little bit underneath them and so on and so forth it takes multiple people to see because I might see someone is afflicted with some of the things that I was afflicted with and I can minister to them better or I don't notice somebody. So it takes multiple. It takes all of us to surround people, to recognize people, to minister to people, to disciple to people. It takes all of us to be paying attention. Right. And not focus on or be clicked up with these saved people. Jesus was a friend to sinners. And we have to really get back to talking to those people who are not saved right we don't want to get caught up because we don't we don't want to fall into sin but the lord is coming back 
And people are dying and going to hell every day. And what are we doing about it? Are you having conversations with your neighbor, the mailman, the person you work with, the girl in the grocery store, people at the gas station? Who are you talking to? Or are you just in your zone where you just running around with this busy lifestyle and you hang out with your church friends and nobody else? We have to get back to just that ground roots Christianity. And that is going into the city and talking to the sinners. The woman at the well. Yeah, woman at the well. Yeah, we got to get back to the that. The tax collector. Yeah, key us in the tree. Because these people were, it was like, they were right there, but they just, they needed someone to have a conversation with them. If we don't go, how they going to know? Yeah, Romans, what is that, Romans 10. If we don't, how beautiful are the feet Those that carry bring, the gospel, yeah, you know? the good news, right? Like, how do they know unless you go, and how do we, how do they know unless they hear, and how do they hear unless somebody tells them, and how does somebody tell them unless they go and be sent? Right. So it's like we have to open our mouths. And it's so unfortunate because I remember being a street evangelist, like I said, like 10, 12 years ago. And that was before like all these smartphones were there, but it wasn't to the level it is now. Right. So you would rarely see somebody on their phone. It was they'd just be sitting there walking down the street. Now everybody's on their phone. They have headphones in and it makes it more challenging to have these conversations with people because they're distracted. You can't even talk to someone because everybody's walking around with headphones. So it's like, how do you approach someone who's already distracted? So we have to take the opportunity when the opportunity arises. Because the Bible even talks about put in the work while there's still light. Because the darkness is coming, right? And you won't be able to work. And we don't know when that's happening. But we can see that the world is getting darker and darker. So the time and the opportunities are getting more and more limited to, to speak freely. I look for... Anything that can be a tool for the toolbox, whether it's carrying around touch cards, whether it's knowing my story, whether it's knowing how to tell my story in 15 seconds, whether it's knowing how to tell my story in two minutes. I tell you one thing, all the people, the, I don't want to say all, the majority of the people that God has used me to lead to Christ or the majority of people God has used me to bring closer to him, I use the way of the master technique because it brings up the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Because when you do the way of the master, and I've probably done this now I don't know, gee, probably 10 to 12 years, somewhere okay. in there, something like that. May, it may be shorter than that, but it's around, how, I've been doing it for a long time. For a while, yeah. I can do that whole technique in about two minutes. You realize, and when you, because you ask people the question, yep. have you ever told a lie before? Yep. Have you ever stolen anything before? Have you ever coveted before? Have you ever lusted before? So in 15 seconds, you realize that you, the person asking mm -hmm. the questions, are still in need of a savior. Because, yo, I did cut that person off in traffic, yep. or I did have that thought, or I did have this stumble, as I'm still witnessing to this person. Yeah. And I think to this goes back to that. I think I'm going to bring you back. We should talk about, like, discipleship, because it goes back to the whole, I'm going to bring you back regardless, no matter what we're talking about. But that's a thought. Because those people who can pour into you can help you recognize certain things. They can help you when you start to get in that self-righteousness. Yeah. Or you don't, or it's, don't forget where you used to be. Because I know if Ralph was sitting in this room right now, he'd be like, Eric, remember where you used to be at? And I'm mm -hmm. like, why you ain't got a mic, Ralph? Because we ain't got to talk about that. You know <laughs> I what mean, I'm saying? I mean, the Bible right? says that we are, we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb Come on. and the word of our testimony. So when we remember, our testimony is for us to remember not only where we were, but where God has brought us from. So it reminds us to be humble 
but it also reminds us that, but for God, that's where I would be. I would be on the whole other opposite side in darkness and maybe not even here. So it allows God to get the glory in everything that we do, right? Because without him, where would I be? I'd be in this lifestyle. I'd probably be, you know, on drugs somewhere, just out here, just running amok without him. So that's why I'm so grateful that even me, it's like I was the chief sinner, lying, stealing, cheating, manipulating, doing drugs, selling drugs, sleeping around. And God said, I want you. And I'm like, you want me? I want you. That's why I can't, I don't sit there and think I'm better yeah. than anybody. Because I know where I was when God reached me. And then I know what happened to me even while I was in Christ. So who am I to think I'm better than anybody? It's if anything, like I have more resp a responsibility to, to serve. And to something you said earlier, I had I met with, like I said, this will probably drop in January, February. So I'm just going to say in December <laughs> of 2022, I met with, with the leaders at our team. And I said, I'm going to spend more time pouring into y'all. I'm going to make sure that you are equipped for where we are getting ready to go and what we're getting ready to do because we are going to hit the streets and do more evangelism that is going to, we in jesus name i want to see new life church become a soul winning church and that's the great Amen. commission and that's a godly thing so i believe i 100 percent believe that god is going to bless that but i told them i'm going to spend more time with you but then it hit me the night before I got ready to say that. I need to spend more time with Jesus because I think there's seven or eight of them and there is one of me. Right. And as I build my teams around my weaknesses, I don't build my teams around my strengths. Yeah. Obviously, I do it through prayer and I seek God because when I build my teams around my weaknesses, each one of them has something I don't bring to the table. So I don't have to stand over their shoulder and micromanage them for right. lack of a better term. I don't just have to breathe down the next month. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? I let God's talent and his gifts just shine through them and I just support them however I'm gonna gonna support them. But I literally had the thought the night before us, I can't say this without on the back end pouring more into me. How many books did I read this year? Because the person doing the discipling, to your point, has to be discipled. Yeah. But I also have to exercise my own salvation. I gotta work this out too. I gotta walk this out too. What am I reading? What am I studying? What am I doing? that is going to equip me to help equip them so I don't burn out. So I don't even know why I just said all that. but Either way, it was good stuff. Yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate you. What does your relationship with Jesus look like now? Like, how would you describe that? I'm on solid foundation. I'm not looking back. I'm only moving forward. So he and I have a, con we talk every day. I'm a practical person and I have practical conversations with him. So I wake up. First thing is, thank you, Lord, for waking me up. I get in the shower. Most of my conversations with him, because I'm always on the go. So most of my conversations with him is in the shower or the, I would say the most time spent. So my 15, 12 to 15 minute shower, I'm just talking to him. That's when I get out I'm on my prayer list. I want to pray for Eric. I want to pray for the church. I want to pray for the city of Lakewood. I want to pray for my job. I want to pray for my nieces. I want to pray for all these things. So I go down my list, and you are still number 47. Oh, no, I think I moved you up because a couple of people got off the list. But I have my list. And so I go through and just, um, thank you, God. Thank you for, and I, this might sound cheesy or I don't know if it sounds churchy, but I literally thank him for the hot water because there was a time. <laughs> When my shower was messed up Talk and I did not have hot water right. for a day and I had to take a shower. So I was literally freezing. 
I don't know how I made it through this shower, but I was literally freezing in this shower, but I had to take a shower. And so seriously, every morning I'm thanking him for the hot water because I experienced not having it. And I'll, I just thank him for all these things. And then I just ask him to you know, just help open my mouth, help me not be able to speak to people or just you know, keep me humble. And I just go through my list in the shower. And then as I'm, I'm getting dressed, I'm at work. I will quite often pray to him at work just because of the type of work that I do. I deal with a lot of people. A lot of people come to me for different situations that can be troubling or upsetting or just need a solution. So I have to partner with other people at my job. So I'm always working with different people. And people will come and tell me some stuff and I have to go pray. I'll go in the bathroom and pray. So I feel like my relationship with him is solid. Could it be better? Always. And so I'm really trying to focus. I think I said it earlier, really focus getting back to the basics. And it's so funny you mentioned about rereading Matthew. I'm also rereading the New Testament wow. as well to just focus on those Gospels. I had a, I've always read Romans and Galatians and Ephesians. I think Ephesians is my favorite book of the Bible. Galatians is probably two and Romans. Those are my top three just because it talks about some of the things that I deal with personally. And I love like first, second, and third John because they're quick. <laughs> So I can knock those out in probably 20 minutes. But I really do just I really do just love his word because whether I'm having a, a good month or a bad month or a good year or a bad year, his word is truth and it provides life. Right. If I'm feeling down, I can go to his word. If I'm feeling confused, I can go to his word. If I'm feeling fearful, I can go to his word. If I'm feeling like lost and I don't know which direction to take, I can go to his word. And so it's a life. It's a lifeline. It's everything that I need when I'm just, I just don't know what I need. I go to the word. So it's just, it's life. I can't, it's just life and we need it. And I need it. I need it. I need it. It's my anchor. It's my foundation, the substance that I need to give me strength to keep moving on. Yeah. We laugh when we hear this stuff, but I, during Saturday morning prayer, I always start with a spirit of thanksgiving. And by the way, I'm talking Saturday morning corporate prayer. Yeah. So we come to the church and we all just pray together. Whoever shows up, they show up, but I always open up with a prayer of thanksgiving for just the gas to get here, the clothes on our backs, the water that we have. I think in America, and maybe not, it could be anywhere. I'm not going to limit it to America. But when you get accustomed to having certain things, mm -hmm. you forget what it's like to not have them sometimes. Yeah, you take it for granted. When the power goes out, yeah. people freak out, especially because usually the power is going to go out in a 90-degree day in Cleveland, so your air conditioning just went out and it's hot in there. Oh, you got air conditioning? Yeah, see what I'm saying? Balling. I tithe, girl. That's yeah, why. there you go. That's why I believe in that principle. There you go. If you don't tithe, you need to start. Come talk to me about that. I'm big on that. It's one of my foundations. I've been tithing since 10 years old. Not me. <laughs> Not me. I was. I, I think I was more hard-headed. Oh, than okay. Well. But I just think we take those little blessings for, for granted because I need my hot water. Yeah. Oh, I re amen. Yeah, I really do need it. Man. I missed it when my hot water tank exploded. Amen. Because my shower is hot water, really hot water, mm. and then volcanic eruption. Okay. So I need that. Amen. I'm done. Let me get out of here. Go ahead, Ben. Gee, what motivates you? What motivates me? Just knowing that people are dying and going to hell. The seriousness of that. I remember when we were doing street evangelism hard, right? I'm talking about praying and fasting. Praying and fasting for, I would say, a whole week. And really, I'm talking about really seeking the Lord. It was like, if God don't show up, we ain't going. And in the way of the master course it talks about and this was 
I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, it talked about, it gave this stat that 176,000 people die every day. Mm. And how many of those people are dying and going to hell? So what motivates me is the love for people that are out there like me, right? So people that maybe have not heard the gospel or heard the gospel and was turned off by somebody who was proclaiming to be a Christian and didn't treat them well. And so they turned from God because of the way his people treated them, right? So what motivates me is to be, try to be that person in their life to, to lead them to Christ or to show them love. Really said all that to say this, love. Love is what motivates me to get up for the nature of my job, for just seeing people. There's a word, I don't know if you ever heard this word called sonder, S-O-N-D-E-R. And the definition of that word is having a distinct realization that the people you pass by are having just as much of a complex, difficult life as you are. That's good. And so that's how I actually see people. Before I even knew that word, when I would walk past people, I would have a sense of, is that person dying and going to hell? Like, I would have a sense of sadness. I would have a sense of a reality check that people are just walking by me, and I don't know if they're dying and going to hell or not. And it would bother me. It would bother me to the point where I started reading The Way of the Master, and we went out there and hit the streets. I need to do something about this. Obviously, it is the Holy Spirit that convicts and saves people. I don't save people. But it bothered me that I've been a Christian for almost 25 years, and I've only had four people approach me about Christ. We're not out there. Where are these? Where are we at? You know what I mean? I, and, the, and I can't even remember four times. It might even be less than that. But... There's no, I haven't seen people out here passing out tracks. I haven't seen people out here saying, God loves you. I haven't seen tents out here saying, God bless you. How are you doing? How do you feel? Like, how can we help? I haven't been witness to, in, the, in like I said, 25 years, maybe four encounters. And I'm not talking about churches. Yeah, I feel I'm you. not talking about going to church and yeah. having it. I'm talking about, I'm going to the grocery store and somebody comes up to the grocery store and says, hey, baby. Do you know Jesus or me being at the gas station and somebody come up to me? Like in my everyday life, I probably have four encounters and that's max that somebody has come up to me and tried to witness to me in 25 years. I'm going to say these two things before I forget because you got me thinking right now. I think since 2010 is when I gave my life to Christ. I don't think anyone has actually approached me at all to your point. You just brought confirmation to something I'm doing with the outreach team, so I appreciate that. You got me deep in thought over here. And the other thing that you said, I literally was praying this afternoon, and I said, God, I pray this person does not go to hell because of how I was when I got mm-hmm. saved. Pray, I kid you not, when I had that Maxwell bottle, before I opened it up, I was just sitting there just trying to just, I don't sit still a lot. And you know me personally, like I'm on the go. Yep. And my prayer time is also the shower. My prayer time is usually at night. I've been trying to get up in the morning and do it. But I was literally, I was like, God, I wasn't living right. And I know it hurt this person. And I feel like I played a piece in the decision they made to walk away from you. But Um, see, that is the beauty of the Lord. And I prayed, Lord, don't let this person go to hell because of what? 
I did or didn't do. Yeah, your I think the that's influence. The yeah, right. No, I totally get that. But again, at the end of the day, if this gives you any solace, we all have our own choices to make. I feel you. And but I, I know what you're saying because, yeah. again, you heard my story. I was right. up and down like a roller coaster. It yeah. was like I'm preaching the gospel, but yet I'm doing these things. And people will watch you. They won't say anything, but they will see you and be like, oh, yeah, you said you're a Christian, but mm, okay. But you're saying this and you're doing this and you X, Y, and Z. So people are watching your lifestyle because they want to they wanna know, is the God that you serve really real or is this just an act? Because you're saying you're saved. And I know how, like, people who don't go to church and people who don't read the Bible and don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, they know how Christians should be, or they think they know. It's wild, ain't it? There's this stereotypical question that I know you shouldn't be cussing and drinking. I may not go to church, but I know that much, and it's just, okay, so I have that same thought is that I hope that my behavior hasn't negatively impacted or influenced someone, but I also am able to sleep at night knowing that we all have our own choices to make and that God is sovereign. Mm -hmm. And that his will be done. And I, it was also to me, I guess, indirectly praying salvation for that individual, yeah. too. If assuming that they're not saved or backslidden or whatever. But it was just when God touched that person. Yeah. Why do you do what you do? Because what else am I going to do? Holla. <laughs> Holla. What else am bookmark. I going to do? I try to, I love people. I love God. I love myself. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, right? So I just want to be for someone what I wanted somebody to be for me. That is one of the staples in why I lead the way I lead. It's one of the staples in it. It's because it was like, I know what it looks like to not have what I need on the inside and not really tell nobody, those silent screams, yeah. but then verbalize it and then still may not have it. But then also realize there's some stuff wrong with me, so maybe I have more than I think. It's a conundrum. It's, yeah. like, it's some moving parts yeah. in there. But no, people just need love. And I feel like sometimes people, some certain people are invisible to others. And uh, this movie Avatar is coming out. So I don't know when this is being broadcasted, but at this time it hasn't come out yet. The second of the series. Is that the movie with the blue people? The blue people. Okay. okay. Yes. We call them the adult Smurfs. <laughs> I didn't see the first one. <laughs> see the first one. It's a good movie. It's about three and a half hours long, but it's a great movie, but. I brought that up because in in the movie and throughout the theme of the movie, the people, I forget the name of the people or the tribe, but they have this saying that says, I see you. And the meaning of that, I see you, it's, it's been construed in different ways. But what it says to me is that, that I know that you exist and God has created you and God has created me and I see you for who you are. You are a creature created by God to love and to respect and to share my truth with and share his truth with. And it's almost like that sonder a little bit, but I feel like God has given me the ability to see people. And I want them to know that I see you. I see your pain. I see your trauma. I see the drama. I see the ups and downs. And I love you and God loves you. And I just want to be an advocate for him. I want to be an ambassador for him. I want people to know that God is real and that he loves us and he loves them and he wants a relationship. So it's like, that's why I do what I do and trying to love people, talk to people and teach people and minister to people because I want them to know the truth because it sets them free. So many people are killing themselves and depressed and they just don't know what's wrong, but they know something's missing and that something is Christ. 
So that's why I do what I do, just to point them in the direction of Christ. In a different direction than how you define that. I have tried to now create disciples here on Sunday mornings, so I'm not so busy. Because I caught myself having to get from point A to point B so often that I started walking past people. And I make it a point on Sunday. When I ask somebody how they're doing, I stop walking. And if I don't have time to stop walking, I don't ask. Yeah. Because I really want to know how yeah. you're doing. And again, Tell that's why it takes ugly. a village. Because you can't be everywhere exactly. talking to everybody exactly. and having these conversations. So it takes all of us to recognize that the people in the building matter, the people that are coming into the building matter, and the people that are outside that aren't coming in, they matter. It's also for that, and I'm going to take that in another yeah. direction, it's also for that person who will get who is new to the Lord or they don't he just walked past me and didn't speak. Yeah. She just walked past me and didn't tell me happy birthday. And to some people that sounds petty, but it's like no have to be a support system to my brothers and sisters no matter where they are in their journey with God and no matter what their maturity, yeah. spiritual maturation state is. So, yeah. I know who those people are and I make it a point to spend time with them. Oh yeah. I embarrass my niece because she's like, why are you always talking to people you don't know? And then I turn and say, well, how do you get to know people if you never talk to strangers? It's it's an embarrassment to her because I'm, I'm always like, hey, how you doing? Good morning. God bless you. Happy Monday. Happy this. Happy that. And uh, my grandmother used to have this saying. She would say, aren't you better than a dog? I'm like, Grandma, what you talking about? Older people, they always say some stuff, and it's just, okay, where are you going with this? And she would just ask the question, like, aren't you better than a dog? And I'm like, yes, Grandma, I'm better than a dog. And she'd say, what do dogs do when you walk by? And I said, bark. So she says, when people walk by you, you open your mouth. And that always stuck with me because she did it a backwards type of thing. If dogs can bark at people and you're better than a dog, then why do you think you shouldn't open your mouth when people walk by you? There's some wisdom in that. Yeah, Grandma. There's some wisdom in that for real. So I always speak on elevators but my family be so like keep be quiet i'm like no tell jokes in the elevators restaurants i always get the waitress's name just letting people know that they're seen i see you yes you're a waitress but you're also a, this is your job but you're also a person you're not just here to serve me i'm here to serve you how's your day going the mailman my mailman joe i got dropped off yesterday or friday evening from michigan and my co-pilot had dropped me off from the rental car company and right as I was getting dropped off, my mailman, Joe, was coming up to my building. So I scream out, hey, Joe. And my coworker was like, you know the mailman? I'm like, yeah, you don't know yours? Yeah, I know Joe. He's been working for the post office for 34 years. He's waiting to retire. He told me this was his last winter because he was getting too rough on him because Joe's getting old. And I'm just like, that's just who I am. My mother was like that. My mother would embarrass us because she was always talking. And now I realize that she was, that was her, I don't want to say her ministry, but that was her calling to see people and to acknowledge people and to love people. Sometimes loving your neighbor actually means the physical. Yeah. Love the person next door to you. Yeah. When I got to know my mailman, I found out that he was going through something traumatic. And I ain't going to put, I don't want to put his business out there right. in case he's listening or in case like somebody, I just don't because, you know, I try to do that. Then the last time I was at a restaurant, in town sitting with a with another guy our server was going through something traumatic and just this conversation sparked up just because i think we invited we invited this young lady either to a service or an event might have been the ice cream social i can't remember what it was just found out she was going through something traumatic mm -hmm. and that situation she's serving a food and bawling her eyes out 
and got a chance to tell her, got a chance to tell her, like, for real, got a chance to, like, really witness to her, <laughs> you a fool, <laughs> you a fool. There is no video of this podcast, so y'all can't see what G is doing. <laughs> but we got, a, we got a chance to tell the server. Yes. About the real love of Christ, because she got burned bad by religion and okay. i got to tell her what the love of jesus and really there's so many like. people out there like that but they it, feel like they tried it and it didn't work for them but there is yeah if you have that gift sometimes where you can feel the pain of other people yeah was like, wow. let me really tell you how jesus feels about you as his daughter because yeah. she went through something so traumatic and then which was not her fault at all she got blamed for it and I had, I'm like, I can't let this go. I need to tell you yeah. what the love of a father really looks like. Gee, I'm sad. I'm sad that our time here has come to an end. I don't believe, I'm looking at the timer right now. Two hours just went by. Oh, my goodness. Two hours just went by. Yeah, I'm, I don't think you and I have ever actually had a short conversation. No. That's why when you called me Sunday, <laughs> I was like, I'm about to get in the shower. Is this going to be quick? I already knew the answer to I that. I jumped off the phone. I'm like, yes. no, I didn't even yeah. don't bother. Yes. I don't think in the years I've known you, we've ever had a short conversation. No. Not even once. No, it's either turned into like a half hour or an hour or more. Yeah. We got to continue. Yep. Which means you got to come back. I'm, hey, if you're willing to have me, I'm willing to show up. I'm always willing to have you. Yeah. Always. I got something I want you to pray about, though. Okay. You should pray about preaching a sermon one day. You should You should really do that. I ain't trying to tell you what to do. Don't no, pray. I've preached. Like I said, I've taught. I've preached many sermons. With me being in youth group for nine years, yeah. there was opportunity for me to give sermons. So that's not a problem. Obviously, I don't have a problem talking. No. <laughs> this is good stuff. But I'm... Yeah, I might, as an elder, just gently nudge somebody's ear just to come holler at you about that. Might just go whatever. Plant that seed. It's whatever. And if you want to, I don't know if I told you, but I'm taking a missions trip in 2023 to New Orleans. We actually going to do street evangelism on Bourbon Street. You did. We going to feed and minister to the homeless. We're going to go into the school in the school system and tutor some kids. We're going to help with their adopt a block program too, clean up some neighborhoods. Do you have a date set for that? Or are you still working those details out? So, I'm going to tell you what it looks like right now. It's looking like it's going to be August 21st to the 25th, but there is a slim chance it could be August 14th through the 18th. And I tell you why as soon as I shut this recorder off. Okay. <laughs> I just hope either one of those work out for me. It will I can guarantee yeah. you it's going to be one of it it will be during that time frame. I just got to figure out which week. Okay. But I'll let you know specifics when I when I shut this down. Okay. Some of that ain't came to pass yet but that does bring me to the final segment of the podcast this is our let them know segment this is where you can share anything you want with the audience a word from god a word of encouragement you can quote your favorite christmas movie just be careful my goodness <laughs> <laughs> gee thank you so much for doing this yeah. my sister let them know it's been a pleasure i would just one of the things that if i could say something and then it would be my last day on earth i feel like that would be a let them know statement and one of the things that really, I used to follow a lot of TV evangelists. So Charles Stanley was my number one person. Nice. Pastor John Hagee, Rod Parsley, like all these old school pastors from when I first got saved in the early 2000s. And one thing that I think always stuck with me with Charles Stanley, he made this statement. He would say, obey God and leave the consequences to him. 
So that's what I want to let anybody out there listening know, whether you're saved and have a relationship with God or you're on the journey to get there, just obey God and leave the consequences to him. Don't look to the left or to the right. Just stay focused on him, on him. Love him because he loves you. He died for you and he's coming back for us. So that's what I want to let people know. Period. That's what's up. That's what's up. Let them know segment, the yes. G mix. Got the G edition <laughs> on here right now. I've been hyped for this for five months. I'm waiting to get you on here for five months. I'm glad it happened when it did because I don't think it would have went like this if it happened when I first brought it up. No, I'm glad that you kept asking and that we made it happen. So, yeah, it was. I was in a very busy season, and the Lord has slowly but surely reprioritized me and gotten me refocused. I'm not where I want to be, but I have definitely cut down on my social media and really just getting back to the basics, right? Just putting him as a priority. So, yeah. Even on my end, when I wanted, I was brand new. Yeah. I think I'm still, I would tell anybody I'm still new. Like I said, even if this aired in 2023, it's 2022 right now, December. We started in August 2022. Yeah. It's December 2022. This is still a baby as far as I'm concerned. It wouldn't have gone like this. Yeah. The structure was different. And then it got scrapped before I even started. Oh. I thought it was trash. I'm like, I'm not doing this. So I scrapped it. We came with something different. No, I've listened to all the ones that you have published. Appreciate you. And I've donated to the cause. Appreciate you. And now I've come on as a guest. I support you 100%. I, that is, you've been in my corner since day one. So word indeed, brother, I'm with you. You've been in my corner since day one. Yeah. Even through the ugly. I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate it. I'm yeah. always have your back, for real. You can pay me back in macaroni and cheese. I got you. All you had to do was ask. <laughs> it's on record. All you had to do was ask. <laughs> Don't edit that out. I'm not. <laughs> and ribs. Yeah, I got. Okay, so you know what's funny? I'm actually making ribs for Christmas. Oh, nice. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. I got slabs in the freezer. I should probably take those out, though. You know so what? I think we're about to thought about get this. off this podcast is, and go, go to the house. Yeah, because we're about to get real off track. You just reminded me of my to-do list right now. I got one more thing. If you can close us out in prayer, sis, I'd appreciate it. Oh, for sure. Lord, first and foremost, I just thank you for being you. Yes. You have not failed me yet. You have kept your promises from day one, and I just thank you for being who you said you are. You have led me from the darkness into your marvelous light. And I just thank you so much for never leaving me nor forsaking me, for washing me and making me clean. And I just pray in the name of Jesus that you continue to increase Eric in this podcast and his ministry, that you would continue to grow him and mature him up. Lord, in the faith that you would encourage him, that you would give him strength that you would give him wisdom, that you would give him provision, that you would open doors that no man can close, that you would allow him to network with those people that can take him to the next level with this podcast that you have blessed him with and put on his heart. I thank you, Lord, for all the guests who have come thus far and just ask you to continue to bless the guests that will continue to be on this podcast. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus, as we celebrate this Christmas season. I know that this is being broadcast at a different time, but God, you're there. You're here and you're also there. So I just thank you in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, 
for your love and your support and your provision and your salvation and your mercy and your patience. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I just lift up my sister GT right now, Father. I pray you just continue to equip her. Open up doors for her, Father, that no man can close and close the doors you don't want her to walk through. Continue to give her eyes to see and ears to hear. Father, bring the community around her that she needs and that she is desiring, Lord. Whether it be people to pour into her or people for her to pour into, Father, just continue to just to meet every need, Father. I thank you for my sister. I thank you for her prayers, her support. I thank you that she has been there for me through all of it, Lord. And I just pray you just your, I pray your traveling mercies over her as we both get ready to depart, Father. And I just thank you for everything you're doing in her and through her. And I thank you that you made this happen today. Lord, most importantly, I just thank you for being you. I thank you for sending your son to die for us. Thank you for just your love. I thank you for the cross. I thank you for resurrection. Lord, I just thank you for all of these things. Thank you for just salvation and saving us and loving us when we didn't even love ourselves, Father. Thank you for everything you're doing in us and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. That concludes the G-Mix. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. This was fire. We should get like an award or something for this episode. <laughs> Jesus' name. Say we get a Grammy for this. Amen. Amen. They ain't going to call me for that. You G- never know. You know what? You might be right. You might see me one day on there just sitting next to some folks. <laughs> I was about to start naming it, but I want to bring the group down. <laughs> G, thank you so much for being on the show today. I appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you for tuning in to the Rooted in Christ podcast. No matter where you are listening to this podcast, please follow, share, and subscribe. It helps us get the message out. If you would like to join us as we head to to New Orleans in August 2023, please DM us. Go to the website. Check us out. If you want to make a donation, we appreciate all the support. All your donations will be used for that mission trip if that's what you are so inclined to do. G, thank you so much for doing the Rooted in Christ podcast. Thanks for having me, Eric. Appreciate it. Thank you. Holla.